Wow. What a great song, eh? Faithful to the end. That is our God. How is everybody this morning? You good? 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 Man, it's good to be back. Good to be back in Auckland. Good to be back at church. And, uh, and it's, we've had a good holiday, but I can already feel like the holidays are almost already over. Have you got that feeling? Like you've been on holiday and now it's like, oh, back to reality. Stink. Back to my job. I mean, I love my job. Maybe you say that. I don't know. But man, oh, love my job. But it's been really good to have a break. It's good to get away. You've got to have a break. And, uh, and that it's good for the soul, good for the body, good for every part of you to actually get away. But I'm just grateful for some time off at the early part of this year. But I'm thankful for my incredible team uh, as well that helped run church while we were away for a few weeks. We've got an amazing team here that were taking care of things while we are away. So thank you to them. Yeah, give them a hand. They're an awesome Grayson was preaching on the 7th, and Susie was here helping run things, and Yvonne and others, so we've got an awesome team. Hey, this morning, I want to share a little bit about uh, the outline of my message is fulfilling your God-shaped purpose in life. Who wants to know what their God-shaped purpose is in life? Anyone interested to know what God has got them for on this earth? Well, I'm going to share a little bit about that this morning, and uh, you know, every one of us is called by God to have a unique purpose on this earth. But it's up for us to choose God's plan for our lives and to be found faithful with all that he has for us. There's a key scripture in Revelation 17, 14 that says, These will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb, talking of Jesus, will overcome them, for he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And it's going to come up on the screen in a minute. And those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. Have we got that scripture up there on the screen? Sorry, Jonathan, do we have that? Scripture up there. Yeah, that'll be good, just so you can follow along. The Bible points out that Jesus has already overcome the enemy. Isn't that good news? God has already won. Jesus has overcome the enemy. Satan is defeated even before the battle begins. But the question is, as that passage says, those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. And are, faithful. And are we with him? So my desired outcome for you this morning is to identify with where you are at discovering your God-shaped purpose and how to keep moving forward in all that God has for you. So let's just pray this morning. God, we just welcome you, Lord, into this place. We thank you that you're already here. Lord, as we've worshipped you this morning, that God, your presence is with us. Lord, you're moving in our lives. And Lord, I just pray that, Lord, as I share, Lord, let it be your words, Lord, to our heart. Let it be your spirit speaking to us this morning, Holy Spirit. I just pray that, God, there be moments where you just switch something on in our heart, in our soul. Lord God, Lord, our spirit would just come alive as we hear your word. Lord, speaking to our hearts, I pray, God, Lord, that you would just really download into us this morning what you want to say in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys alive this morning? You're awake? Good, good. I'll be the best if, you, if you're the best. So if you're vocal, I'll be vocal. If you're quiet, I'll be quiet. So just give me lots of feedback. You can yell at me. You know, we're family. So yeah, even the babies. It's good. Let it out, Judah. More. More. Have you got more? I'll take it. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have a God-shaped purpose. You know, we don't need to look any further than Jesus. He was the ultimate example of what it meant to live his plan and God's plan for his life. Jesus walked on this earth and he completed every assignment that God had for him. He fulfilled every single prophecy that was spoken about him. 
Maybe you've had prophetic words over your life and some of them have come to pass or some of them you're just waiting on God for or maybe none of them have actually, you've seen any of them come to pass. Jesus walked on this earth and everything that was spoken about him came to pass. He fulfilled everything the Father had for him to do while he was on this earth. And you know, these are the days where the church and the followers of Jesus are going to shine like lights in the darkness that is on this earth. God is going to move and shift people into their destiny and into their calling at this time. And I believe it belongs to those people who choose to step in to all that God has for them, that choose to step into the calling that he's placed on their lives, to not shy back, but to take hold with both hands what God has for their lives. And I just believe that, you know, already God is beginning to shape and move people in our church and other churches in this nation into places of authority, into places of education, into different places and spheres of influence in this nation. But uh, I want to look at these three aspects of called, chosen, and faithful. And one of the best examples, I think, of this is David in the Bible. And he's one of those guys that God uh, said of David, he is a man after my own heart. So I want to look at his life in 1 Samuel. And uh, we're going to read about the calling of God upon his life. So it says in 1 Samuel 16, And uh, Samuel had come to anoint a new king of Israel. Saul had fallen away from God, and Samuel comes and he anoints David. But before he does that, he, he, choose, he looks at all his brothers, and out of all of his seven brothers, he looks at each one, and he says, is this the one, Lord? And you'll know the story. And he says, is this the one? And he says, you know, this guy, is, he's, he's tall, he's handsome, he's, uh, he's the, surely there's the one. And God says, no, this isn't the one. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And so in 1 Samuel 16, it says, so Jesse sent for him, this is David, He was dark and handsome and with beautiful eyes, and the Lord said to him, This is the one, anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of God came powerfully upon David from that day on, and then Samuel returned. And from that time on, this is the first anointing upon David. He was only 15 years old at the time when God anointed him. And this is the first time, the first of three anointings on his life. And uh, this is the first point where he's called. God calls David to be the king of Israel. So at 15 years old, he receives this calling. But it wasn't until about 15 years later until he actually was chosen to step into this role of being the king of Judah. Now, that's a long time from being chosen by God and anointed by God at 15 to have to wait another 15 years to actually step into all that God uh, had for him. So what was he doing over these 15 years of waiting between when he was anointed to when he actually stepped into it? Well, he was a shepherd, a shepherd boy. And uh, he was doing a role that for a lot of people probably seemed pretty unimportant, uh, unimportant being a shepherd. But David didn't see it that way. He did this role to the best of his abilities. It says in Psalm 78, verse 72, David shepherded them with a devoted heart and led them with skillful hands. And uh, at times, this is how it works with God. In fulfilling our God-shaped purpose, God looks at our hearts, testing us to see if we will do what God wants us to do with 100% of our heart. So, you know, if you're an employee, are you working with a good attitude at the place that God has you right now? Thankful for your job and kind to all of the people that you work with, speaking well of your boss all the time, every day, never complaining at work. Not once? No, we always do that, eh? No, never complaining. Or maybe you're a boss and you've got employees. Are you a generous boss, generous with your time, with your appraisal of other people, of the way that you treat people, wanting to look for the best for them and how you can help them? 
Or are you always negative and always condescending in your role? You see, God places us in situations where the way we act, he's testing our heart to see if the calling that we have, whether we're going to choose to step into that and be faithful where he's put us. And, uh, you know, sometimes we're in such a hurry, I find in our culture and our society, such a hurry to move on to the next thing, to rush into the next thing that God has for us, to go and get that first free year education at AUT or Auckland Uni or whatever else the government's offering. But we're in a hurry to move into the next thing, or maybe you've just started a job and you just want to skip to the next uh, step on the ladder or something like that. And I think sometimes we can be at risk of actually dishonoring the place and the people that God has put around us and the place of influence that he's chosen for us right now and neglect that in, in, in our desire to move ahead or to try to get to the next thing. And sometimes those are exactly the people that God actually wants us to have influence on right now, to be an encouragement to in the place that we have. And this can be a real challenge, especially if God is trying to develop something in our character in us. So, you know, God wants to develop that in our lives. But the other reason that sometimes there's a delay between our calling and the moment that God actually chooses us is this word preparation. Everyone say preparation. Now, I don't know if you love preparation, if you're a preparation person, but I'm not a particularly strong person on preparation, and this is a lesson that I'm always learning. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Help me, Lord. But David, you know, he shepherded a whole nation. You know, imagine if you were asked to shepherd a whole nation, and that's a massive task to be asked and charged to do. So instead of God just planting in them there and shepherding a whole nation and making big decisions, God used sheep to train him. He put him in a place where it didn't, well, it didn't really matter what the outcome was, but it was a lot easier to get in trouble with a sheep than it was with people. So David had to learn what it meant to actually look after sheep. That was his first, he had this calling from God, and God said to him, just, just look after these sheep first. This is the place where I want you to start. But, you know, in there, there were some real tests. He had to learn how to uh, defeat the bear. He had to learn how to defeat the lion. He had to learn how to protect his sheep and actually look after him in the place that he was. And so that when a Goliath would come along. You know, when a Goliath comes along in your life, when there's something that you're going to have to face, no matter where you are, or in your school, or in your university, or in your work, there's a Goliath that you're facing, a mountain that you're facing, there's already things that you've done, already things you've defeated in your life before he moves you up into those new places. You know, God's not going to put you in a place that you can't handle spiritually, before, you know, he doesn't want you to fail, but he's not going to put you in a place until you've overcome certain things in your lives. You know, there's things that God wants you to take your time on, to work on. God is patient, and he has the timing. He has the reason for his timing. And, uh, you know, I never forget a story about Pastor Mark Varagis, who comes here occasionally. And uh, he was in a church in Perth, and there was a lot of other pastors in the church, and he used to get asked to, you know, early at the morning at 7 a.m., come in and set out all the chairs. That's your role for the day, Pastor. You've got to come in and set out all the chairs, and then the kids' church need their chairs sitting out, and then we need to get everything arranged. And, uh, you know, just like our church, we've got all these chairs set out perfectly. And so, you know, for a number of years, that's all he did. He came in, he set out the chairs in the right place. He, he was done what was asked of him. And over the years, slowly, one after another, different pastors got called and moved on to different things. And eventually, he was the last guy left, and they said, look, it's time for you to become the senior pastor. We've, we've got no one else, and, you know, you've been faithful. And so after a number of years, he stepped into this role. And when he stepped into that role, God anointed him with a fresh anointing. And now he's leading, I think, three or four campuses of his church all over the world, and there's thousands of people in the church. 
But I never forget him tell, forgetting him to say in the church, he said, you know, it all just started with a willingness to put out tears. That's where it started from. God asked me to put out tears, and that's where I started. And, uh, and that's often what it's like, that preparation season that God has for us. And maybe you're in the middle of a preparation season, you know, and if you're in that season, can I encourage you, you know, do what you need to do. Sharpen the gift that God's put in your life. You know, you don't want to show up on, a, on wherever God has for you. Maybe it's a job or a work situation or maybe you play an instrument at that moment and you know the gift that you have is not sharp or the thing that you've done is not ready. But get ready in this season because God is going to move in this church. God is going to move in this nation. God is going to move in this city. And those that have been ready, those that have prepared their heart, prepared the ground, got ready and got into it are actually going to be able to step in and move in to all that God has. And you know, it's even beyond Auckland. It's even beyond this place. God's doing something in our church. And maybe there's something in your life. Maybe you've got a a gift of preaching the word, or maybe you've got a gift of just encouraging one another or getting out there on the streets and sharing your faith. Whatever it is, if you're preparing and you're seasoning and you're adjusting and you're getting ready in the season of preparation, God will launch you into everything at that chosen time. So then God chooses us for a certain task. And uh, by the time that David became king, you know, he had lost his mentor in Samuel. He had lost his best friend, Jonathan, and he'd been on the run for his life several times. Yet David graduated from shepherd boy into being the king of Judah. And uh, I remember when I was working in New Zealand as an engineer, I'd made up my mind. I'd felt the call of God to go to ministry. Isaiah, I was maybe 19 years old at the time, and I was in the middle of my apprenticeship doing engineering. And, you know, this call of God, I felt it really strongly. And so I called my dad, I rang him on the phone, and I said, Dad, I've, I've, just, I've heard from God, I've got to go into ministry, I've got to leave what I'm doing, uh, I'm going I'm to go, I'm going to go into Bible college or something like this. And he said, oh man, that's great, that's great, Jules, that you want to go into that, you know, it's great that you've got a heart for ministry. Hey, just before you do that, why don't you have a think about just finishing off your apprenticeship, and uh, maybe then being an engineer for maybe a year or so, getting a good salary. And then maybe make a decision about whether you want to go into ministry and uh, see if, you know, if that's what you want to do. And I thought about it. I thought, yeah, maybe there's some wise advice in that. And so, you know, I did wait. I didn't leave it straight away. And my point I'm trying to make is if you've got a call of God in your life, you need godly counsel around you to step into all the things that you want to do. You know, I hear a lot of times all the people that, things that people want to do. And I often wonder myself, have you asked God about it? Yep, good. Have you asked anyone else about it? What about the people that love you, that care for you? What about those people that have been there for you in the good and the bad? Godly counsel will really help you determine the time to move from a calling into a chosen situation. And, you know, there's, life is short, and I know we want to do all that we can for God and all that God has for us. But sometimes it's really worth getting that invite and inviting that input into your life. So, you know, do you have godly counsel in your life? If you don't, you need to get it. Get it in a life group. Get it from a mentor. Go to Limitless Youth on Friday night. Go to a young adults group. Find it. I encourage you. Get a mentor in your life. Because if you don't, the chances are you actually hitting what you need to do won't happen the way that God has it in your life. Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. So at 22, I completed my apprenticeship. And my dad was happy. And 10 months later, I stepped into full-time ministry And six years later, I took up the role of being a pastor uh, in the church. So God chooses the timing for us to move from one season into the next, or more accurately, he chooses that time for the anointing to come on our lives. 
And you know, while I was an engineer, I'd always share my faith with people at, at work. I'd always be sharing my faith. I'd be looking for opportunities to pray for people. I'd be looking for opportunities to do something helpful for people. And I'd, you know, I'd always be really trying to refrain from the culture that was around me of you know, swearing and drinking and all the things that happen in an engineering workplace. And I always tried to stay you know, away from those things. But when I entered into full-time ministry, I didn't stop doing those things. I didn't stop sharing my faith or praying for people or actually you know, encouraging people. And the thing is, is that whatever God wants to do in your life, He's going to move you in at a certain level. You know, He's going to move you into a certain season at the place where you're ready to start. And that's a really good thing. You know, God didn't start me off as a pastor at 22. Thank you, God, that you didn't start me off as a pastor at 22. Oh, man, those people would have been, yeah, wow, wow. But God started me off at a level where I was ready. So, you know, when I first began working in a church, and I'm just sharing this message with you this morning because I know that there's people here in this church, God has called you to do something. And if there's a part of the story in my life that can encourage you or just give you a little bit of, yeah, that's where I'm at on my journey. That's where I need to trust God. That's where I need to step out in faith. You know, th- then that's what I want this morning. And so for me, you know, I left we're engineering and I stepped in and I was just, I was literally in the background just helping in the sound desk, helping with our running with fire ministry, editing things on a computer, that kind of stuff, helping occasionally in the worship team. But there are ascending steps in what God wants to do. There's ascending steps in His pattern of calling and destiny in your life. You know, think about the medical industry. If someone finished their degree in medicine, would you be happy for them to operate on you? No, no, no amens. Okay, I'm, I'm taking that as a no. You know, if there was someone that stepped into nursing, then straight away they came and said, all right, I've got the needle, um, just, just give me your arm. You know, there's reasons that God puts us in at a certain level because he knows that we're not always ready and equipped to do the things we need to do down the track. He has these timings in our lives. And, uh, you know, part of stepping into our calling, though, is a desire to grow in our faith. So when God chooses us, there is a moment where we have to have faith to step out and to go above and beyond, to get out of our comfort zone. And we've heard a lot about this in the last wee while, to get out and go where God wants us to go. You know, you can't fly unless you jump and you're willing to let God be the wings. You know, you can't get out and walk on water unless you step out of the boat. But I have this cool story to tell you about what happened on holiday. And so we were in the Coromandel. And uh, it was sunny, and it was beautiful, and we had a good time. And we went to this beach called Hotwater Beach, uh, which is a beautiful... Who's been to Hotwater Beach before? Anyone been there? It's a beautiful spot. Oh, I love New Zealand. And we were just holidaying there, and we were, uh, we were sitting down. And anyway, every, every time we go to Coromandel, Benji, my, my oldest boy, he's always a little bit hesitant about jumping in the salt water. You know, he doesn't, his skin doesn't really like the salt water, and he always takes his time. And, and most years, he actually just doesn't go swimming in the water. And so this year... We were like, okay, we really want Benji to swim. So we went to this beach, and it had a bit of a, a freshwater stream coming down. And, uh, and we were playing in that. And I was like, Benji, you're going to jump in the water today. And we got him some new togs to try and help motivate, you know, get into the water. And, uh, and we got there, and um, all of his cousins are jumping in the water and all that. And I don't know what happened, but it just was this moment of like, no, I can, I can do this. You know, here's this four-year-old boy thinking, everyone's having fun, and I'm missing out. And so we started jumping in, and... You can see the picture. At one point, we, just, we were up on the sand dune, and we were running into the water. 
And, uh, and I don't have a picture of it, but it was awesome. There was this huge sand dune, and we were running in, and he decided, okay, I'm doing this. So he went to the top of the sand dune, and all the kids came running down and dove into the water, and it was an awesome time. And it was like this little breakthrough moment where he jumped into the water, and he just realized how much fun this is, going in and out and in and out. And by the end of the day, as you can see in that picture, he was like Superman on water, jumping off the boogie board, having a great time. And we literally, that comment there I put up, we had to actually drag him out of the water after four hours straight of swimming all afternoon uh, in the water. And I, I just love that picture because it kind of shows me like too many Christians play it safe. Church, too many Christians, for a lot of us, it's just easy to take the comfort road, easy to take the easy way. But God has this moment for you, for us, where you're free, where you're jumping, and you're excited because you've realized This is what it means to live in my calling. This is what it means to live in the destiny that God has for me. I don't have to accept just my nine to five or my substandard calling in life. This is the calling that God has for me. And this is the moment where I've chosen to step into that. And, you know, I feel like this is a year where many people are going to feel like they're jumping off into all the things that God has for them. They're jumping into all the things that God has promised them. Ephesians 1.11 says in him, Also, we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. The key in that verse is according to His purpose. What is going to bring God glory this year? What is it that's going to bring Him the glory? We can get really busy in seeking our own benefits this year, whether it's work or family or whatever. But what is going to bring God the glory? You know, it's not always necessarily bad or sinful things. It can be really, really good things. But one of the problems facing our generation is this whole mindset of consumerism. And we have to be really careful as believers that we're not always just looking out for me and looking out for my own benefit, but we're we're actually passionately pursuing what God's purposes are for our lives and putting His will first. And, uh, you know, being a follower of Jesus, we need to have a different spirit. God put you on this planet to fulfill His plans for your life. So next time you choose to move into something new, ask the question, will this benefit only me, or is it going to bring God the glory? A good way to know, is it, is it out of your comfort zone? Is it going to stretch you a little bit? Is it actually going to maybe challenge you a little bit, the way that, you know, maybe it's a new job or a new place or, or something new that you have? Is it going to stretch you? Let 2018 be a year where you take a few risks with wisdom and let God do the strengthening and the stretching in your life. And lastly, David was faithful. He was found faithful. He was faithful in being the king of Judah, that God positioned him over all of the kingdom of Israel. You know, his willingness to obey at one level meant that God could mantle him with a greater responsibility. And often in today's world, we want the title of a better position, of a higher job or a higher calling or someone else's role, but we don't always want the responsibility that comes with it. And greater responsibility requires a really great character in our lives. And great character comes from being willing to go through the good and bad seasons of life, to be, learned, to be willing to learn the lessons that we won't always enjoy. And it means to being able to be refined so that when the tests and the trials come, for ready, we're ready for what God has. And I like what uh, God declared of Moses in Hebrews 3, 5, where it says, Moses was a faithful servant in all of God's house, in all of his house. There was every aspect Moses was faithful. So listen to this from uh, 2 Samuel 5, 10 to 12. So David went on to become great, and the Lord God of hosts was with him. Verse 12. So David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel, 
and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. Your faithfulness is directly linked to the sake of others. Did you know that? That your faithfulness is actually linked to how others are going to end up finding God, how others end up going to be influenced for God. Malachi 2, 4-6 backs this up. It says, Then you shall know that I have sent this commandment to you, that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord of hosts. My covenant was with him, one of life and one of peace. And I gave to him that he might fear me, and so he feared me. And he was reverent before my name. The law of truth was in his mouth, and injustice was not found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity, and he turned many away from iniquity. So this is talking about, you know, the fact that this whole, this person in the Bible, he turned many away from iniquity. He turned many away from sin. And often our faithfulness for God ends up turning many people away from a life of sin and a life of destruction. So the way you live and the faithfulness that God is, you know, God is searching for that faithfulness in your life. So when you're faithful, many others can be turned away from a life of destruction. And uh, I can't think of any greater cause to live for than to be used by God to turn many people from a sin, from sin and from a lost reality in this world. And uh, that's what God has called us to. He's all called us to share the good news, to be an influence in the place that God has deployed you and to see if you're going to be faithful in that area. And being faithful requires the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. There's no way we can do it without the power of the Holy Spirit uh, in our lives. And faithfulness to me is all about running the race that is set before us, set before you. And, you know, I want to encourage you, you know, all of us have our own race to run. One of, the, one of the things I find often in our lives is that we can get really hung up on following someone else's race, looking at what other people God has called them to do, and looking at how they're running their race, and, uh, and whether they're doing well, and trying to keep up with where they're at. You know, if you go on to, man, if you go on to, like, Instagram, for example, and you're on there, and you're looking at maybe... Um, what's happening in the world. And there's so many pictures of, of great, for me anyway, so many pictures of great churches doing great things. And, uh, you know, there's these big auditoriums filled with lights and seats and all these people that maybe they've hired in to take their photos to look really, really great. There's big churches all over the world in some country where there's billions of people. And, uh, and you know, you can look at things and go, man, God, we're far out. We've got a long, man, there's there's so many good things. What about us, God? Where's, where, where's your goodness? And often it's so easy to get distracted at whatever God has put in your life and the race that God has called you to run. And that's what God is looking for. Not, not someone else's race, but are you being faithful for what God has called you to do? And, you know, trying to run someone else's race is very tiring. Trying to run someone else's calling, you're just going to end up shortchanging yourself and not, not doing what God has for you. And actually, you end up pretty miserable trying to do someone else's race and just trying to keep up. But if you do what God has got for you and you're faithful in that, you'll find it to be joyful. You'll find it to be liberating. You'll enjoy it. There'll be moments where you're frustrated, but that happens with anything. But you'll be able to just push through and God will be with you in that area, in that race that God has called you to do. You know, maybe you're in a job that you just, you're just feeling, God, this is not for me. And maybe you took that job because, you know, you tried to please someone else in your life. Or you took that position to keep someone else happy or, or something like that. You know, and God has said to you, hey, this is not who you are. You need to be in the place that I've called you to be. Or maybe you've taken study because, you know, someone said to you that it would be a good idea and you're, you're trying to impress an auntie or an uncle or your parents. But God has never called you to that place. And he's called you to do something different. You know, whatever it is, wherever you are meant to be with wisdom, if you step into that, 
and trust God. That is the place that you'll find God's liberty and his freedom and his peace over your life. So can I encourage you, you know, run the race and the journey set before you. Don't try and compare yourself with others because when you do that, God, uh, when you do what God has for you, he'll move the mountains that he needs to move. He'll do the things that he needs to do. I heard this amazing story about this um, girl in Switzerland, and uh, she, was, she was at a church, and she went up to her pastor and said, oh, pastor, I feel like God's calling me to Bible college. And uh, the pastor said to her, oh, that's great. You know, let's, let's pray about it. And, uh, and a few of the leaders and that, they prayed with her. And, um, and anyway, they came back after praying together, and they just said, look, uh, yeah, look I, I really don't feel God's actually, I just don't feel anything. There's, there's no scripture or no verse that I feel God's calling you to do this. And she actually said, you know what, yeah, I don't actually feel like God's calling me to do this. It just sounds really good to go to Bible college and become a pastor. And they said, well, you shouldn't do it. You know, what, what do you really want to do? And she said, well, I think I want to go into, into medical, into nursing. Uh, and, that. and they said, great, that's awesome. Well, why don't you do it? And she said, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And then she turned around and said, oh, but everyone wants to do that. Everybody in, in, this, in, in the university wants to go into medical, into nursing. And I said, well, well, that's great. But if God's calling you to do it, you've got to do it. And she said, okay, all right, I'll go into it. And so she went into this whole study. And what she found is, is that this is the highest, highest, uh, they get the most applicants for this one subject uh, in, in, in Switzerland where they were. And so, you know, to get in is just, it's, it's a miracle if you get through. And anyway, she trusted God, and she went through the application process. And then she found out that to go through medical, you actually have to speak Greek as a part of going through it. I don't know why. This is just part of what they said. Maybe because so many people apply, and this is the way to, to shuffle people out. And she, not, she came back to her pastor and said, I can't do this. There's no way. I don't even know a word of Greek. How am I going to pass? And they said, well, did God say to do this or not? She said, yep, yep. Okay, well, God can move this mountain of speaking Greek. You just need to believe him. So anyway, she started, she decided in her heart, okay, I'm going to do it. So she went away and she started studying Greek, not knowing anything before. And in, you know, in the short time, about six months or a little bit longer, she really nutted down and she found that she could actually speak this really well. And she went to sit the exam and she totally aced the exam, got through and qualified out of all of these thousands of applicants and got chosen to go on and be placed in nursing. And, you know, it just reminded me when I read that story, when God has called you to do something, there will be miracles along the way to show you that God is actually in control. You know, if you're doing something that you can do without any help from God, maybe it's the wrong thing. You know, maybe it's actually, hey, is this the place where God's turning up? Because in those, in those situations where it's difficult, in those situations where it's stretching, that's where the power of God comes. That's what I love about Church Unlimited. That's what I love because God's getting us to do things that we need the power of God, you know, to expand into more campuses, to, to go and do these conferences in different parts of the world. We can't just do it on our own. We need the power of God to turn up, and we need to see the hand of God in it. And we are seeing it, which is awesome. And uh, I just want to share a quick story over the holidays. You know, we've been praying about our conference, New Zealand and Beyond, and, um, you know, we know that this is the vehicle that God has given our church to reach this nation and the nations of the world. And uh, at the end of last year, we just began praying, you know, God, you've called us to do this. We want to be faithful, all of these things. And, uh, but we just felt, God, you know, it, it's almost like we didn't quite see the amount of people registered as we thought we would. And so we just started praying about it. And, uh, and then I got a call out of the blue from a guy who is part of the Vineyard Church in New Zealand. And he said, hey, look, um, we're about to plan our conference for 2018. And I'm part of the planning committee. And I'm going into a meeting tonight. And I want to let you know that 
as part of the planning for next year, I'm going to suggest that we don't do our conference and we join with New Zealand and beyond and do your conference. And, you know, you've got all the speakers we would ever want, the worship, the, 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 the atmosphere, the people, the heart for nations. It's everything we could do, but way, way better, you know. And, hey, look, we don't have the time and energy, frankly, to do it. So I just said, good, we'll pray. Let us know if there's anything else we can do. And, uh, and we just started praying. And, and at the end of the year, we hadn't heard, but it was looking like God was going to do it. And, uh, and then two days ago, I get a text message saying, hey, I just want to know, when we announce to all of our vineyard churches that when they sign up for your conference, do they just go onto your website or, or how do they sign up? And, uh, and, and I text back and said, so just checking, are you guys on board with New Zealand and beyond as a whole movement? Yeah, yeah, we're going to be on board. And I just thought, man, that is the power of God. And that is a sign to our church and our nation of a, a huge movement in New Zealand coming together and joining with our conference to see a nation change. So, hey, God is at work. He is doing things in our church and in our lives. So I'm just so excited about what's going to be happening uh, at the conference. If you haven't signed up, man, I encourage you to take the time to do it. Uh, maybe God will speak to you. Or maybe there's a moment there where there's going to be things that God does in your life. Hey, so lastly this morning, I just want to talk about, you know, the fact that when God calls us to do something, He gives us all the things that we need to do it when He calls us. You know, we don't have to have everything in the toolbox right now, but God will equip you on the way. King David started as a shepherd boy, and, uh, you know, God equipped him by bringing him through, looking after the sheep, to go on to be a king over all of the nation of Israel. And each step of the way, God skilled him and equipped him with the task. He sharpened him. He rebuked him. He showed him. And, you know, he wasn't perfect, and none of us are perfect on the way to doing this. But the fact is he was willing to have a heart that was after God, to be shaped by God and to be used by God. And, uh, you know, Philippians 2.13, which um, David and Greta shared last week, for God is working in you, giving you the desire to obey him and the power to do what pleases him. And I believe if we're going to go on and fulfill God's purposes in our lives, we need to know that he has called us. But more than that, that we are chosen for a specific time and task. And that ultimately God is looking for us to be faithful in all that we do. So this morning, you know, as a worship team, if you guys could just come. I just want to ask everyone the question this morning, where are you on this journey this morning of being, of this morning of being called, being chosen and faithful? Where are you at on this journey you know, have you heard from God about what you want to do with your life? Do you have a calling? Or maybe you've, you know, you've never heard from God about what it is that you know you should be doing. And we want to spend some time this morning just praying with you and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak into your life. Or maybe it's that, you know, God's calling you to do something and you know that you need to make a decision, make a, take a, a leap of faith, take a risk this year and be found, uh, you know, and to step into all that God has for you. Or maybe you're in a season where God is just seeing if you're being faithful for where He's got you at the moment. You know, God's just wanting to see if you've got that faithful heart to stay in the place that He has for you, just to remain faithful and to be proven in that. So why don't we stand this morning, and uh, we're just going to sing that chorus of arms open wide. And as we sing, why don't you just open your heart to God and let Him speak to you this morning. And maybe just take the time to ask God, you know, where am I at? Where do I need to respond to you this morning? So let's uh, listen. Let's